0: You're listening to a chapel message from Trinity Christian College, recorded live at the Ozinga Chapel Auditorium in Palos Heights, Illinois. Oh, Zachariah, aren't you tired? Zechariah, aren't you tired? As we step into Luke's Gospel, Zachariah and Elizabeth are trying their best Luke couldn't be any clearer on this. Luke goes out of his way to tell us that both Zechariah and Elizabeth are from this priestly lines. Zechariah from Abijah, Elizabeth from the line of Aaron himself. Not only were they these clergy members, but verse 6 notes that they were both righteous in the sight of God. Not only that, but Luke describes them as observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. And if there was any doubt, any doubt that Zechariah is this holy man who said and did all the right things, Zechariah is chosen by Lot, by God's providential choice, to serve in the temple. Zechariah and Elizabeth are the ideal Jewish family, doing all the right things, checking all the right boxes. And yet, Luke says, they're childless. Elizabeth was barren. Things aren't looking good for them because they're both very old. And in this ancient world, children had long been considered a blessing, and a lack of children meant that something was wrong, not just biologically wrong, but maybe spiritually wrong, maybe even a punishment from the divine. And so here are Zechariah and Elizabeth doing all the right things and yet no children. And the natural question is why? Why? Why no children for this holy, God-fearing couple? Zachariah must have prayed the prayer a thousand times. Why, God? And surely he heard others Murmuring the same sorts of questions. What's wrong with them? Something might not be quite what it appears. Zechariah, this righteous priest serving blamelessly, observing the Lord's commands, he must have been so tired. Zechariah's life as a priest is a public one. When he goes in to offer, everyone's waiting, everyone's watching. Zachariah's life must have been one that was filled with pressure, with expectation. Zechariah was expected to faithfully offer the right sacrifices at the right time, say the right prayers, do the right things. His life is one of performance. People's eyes are on him, watching him perform his duties. People's ears are listening to him, critiquing his prayers, evaluating his service. Zachariah in the spotlight, meaning he must have heard the whispers about his and Elizabeth's infertility, all this expectation, all this pressure. Aren't you tired, Zachariah? Aren't you tired of the constant public eye? Aren't you tired, Zachariah, of the grief and wondering about this family not to be? Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired at this point in the semester of needing to continually perform? Aren't you tired about the grief that's been part of your own family? Aren't you tired about the wonderings of what might have been? Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of trying to meet others' expectations? Aren't you tired of feeling alone? Aren't you tired of feeling like your best efforts are always being watched and always coming up short? Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of feeling like you're never good enough as a student, as an athlete, as a professor, as a friend, maybe even as a Christian. Maybe you feel stuck in reverse despite your best efforts to move beyond the depression that lingers or the anxiety that attacks. Maybe you in this semester have given your best to the sports team or to your major only to find out it isn't enough. Maybe you've gotten what you wanted a new job, the starting spot, a new girlfriend, boyfriend, only to find maybe it isn't what you needed. Maybe you felt the pressures that Zachariah felt. Maybe you can relate to Zechariah and Elizabeth, the ones who have done everything right and still endure this heartbreak, this frustration, Maybe you've felt the eyes of everyone watching you in the classroom or at work, waiting for the slightest slip-up. Maybe you've felt the pressure of living this holy, obedient life to God in a culture that whispers to you, trying to entice you to hate and to greed, to addiction. Maybe you've tried your best to do the right thing for your family, for yourself, for your church, for your roommates, for your country, for God, only to feel like something is missing, only to wonder what God might be up to. Aren't you tired? It can lead to destructive places it did for a former student of mine at the, when I was at the University of Iowa. We'll call her Stephanie, that's not her real name. Stephanie was a great student. She was a fine athlete at a Big Ten school. She was beautiful, she was well-liked. And yet all that pressure left her feeling like there was no relief. Like even when everything was going right, she was still stuck in reverse. And so Stephanie turned to the one thing that she could control. Her eating, control over healthy food choices, quickly moved to control over portion choices, which quickly turned into control over frequency choices, which eventually turned to an eating disorder. Till one day, Stephanie passed out in the middle of my class, her body simply shutting down. Stephanie, aren't you tired? It's in the temple that Zechariah receives God's first grace. As Zechariah is fulfilling these duties in typical Zechariah fashion, the angel shows up. Seems like a fitting place for an angel to show up. Announcing this miraculous child. The good news is of course this unexpected impossible birth. And if you know the larger arch of the biblical story, you know that it's something that God's been up to for a long time, for so long, bringing new life, new birth to places where it had been thought impossible. These miraculous, unexpected births that move forward the story of God's redemptive plan. It's part of the grand story of the Bible. These surprising births where God is making a way where there seems no way, a way for his purposes to be accomplished. Nothing, nothing, not even infertility is going to stop his people and his plans from advancing. Isaac's birth to Abraham and barren Sarah, Jacob and Esau's birth to Isaac and barren Rebekah, Joseph's birth to Jacob and barren Rachel, Samuel's birth to barren Hannah, over and over again, the Lord bringing this surprising life, this unexpected grace. And now, with the announcement of Zechariah's son, the stage is set for this ultimate surprise. God is doing this familiar thing and yet a totally new thing. The birth of John to Zechariah and Baron Elizabeth to be followed in the very next chapter with the birth of Jesus to Joseph and the Virgin Mary. It is about preparing the way for the Lord, to borrow from Zechariah's own song later in the chapter, as the angel Gabriel makes so clear, this grace is about the coming Messiah. And yet, Zechariah can't wrap his mind around it. Like Mary a few verses later, like Sarah way back in Genesis, Zachariah is skeptical of what seems impossible to him. And it's then that Zechariah gets this pronouncement of silence. Many of us who know this story might assume that this pronouncement of silence is a punishment, that Zachariah is being punished for unbelief. But in Zachariah's world, in a life where Zachariah is doing all the right things, saying all the right things, facing all these pressures, might not Zachariah's silence be a gift, a grace, and if so, it's in verse 20 that this second grace comes to Zechariah the gift of silence. Zechariah will not be able to speak, Gabriel tells him, until the birth of the son, that will, of course, happen later in the chapter. But for nine months, Zechariah is silent. For sure, that silence must have been inconvenient at times. But I also wonder if that silence was freeing. Zachariah's silence must have meant that his service in the temple was interrupted. Zachariah's silence must have meant that the people were no longer looking to him to say the prayers. Zachariah's silence must have meant that he was free. A Sort of nine month sabbatical Free to simply rest, to simply be quiet, to simply observe. Zachariah is free. He's finally free. Free from the need to perform always. Free from having to do and say the right thing. Free from having to meet others' expectations. Free to simply sit back and watch what the Lord is doing. Watch this redeeming work. And so for us in this Advent season, the gift, the grace, is for the opportunity to step back from ourselves. The invitation is to see that God's kingdom is not up to us. The invitation is instead to step into a reality where our efforts and our reputation and our abilities is not what drives the story forward. What is on offer here is a life where earning and measuring up are not what define us. To draw from Zachariah's experience, what God invites us into is a life where we can shut up because it's not us. It's a grace, a grace to see beyond ourselves, a grace to simply sit back and bear witness to this lowly, impossible child will change the world. God offering us a front row seat where we can set aside our performance culture, our ever inadequate works, and simply silently watch while he goes to work restoring, redeeming the entire world through this incarnation. Friends, I hope you can see that that freeing opportunity is a grace That what's on offer is a freedom to bear witness. And so, in the final weeks of this semester, where you're feeling the pressures, where you're feeling the need to perform, in light of this grace, give up trying to be good enough. Give up relying on your own reputation or your own efforts or your own abilities. Give up concerning yourself with what others think of you. Give up the pressures that are unrelenting and receive. Receive the grace given to Zachariah as a grace given to you. Receive the grace of being freed from yourself that we might simply gaze in wonder at the coming birth of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to him, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you. Amen. Thank you for listening to Trinity Christian College's Chapel Podcast. To learn more about campus ministries at Trinity, visit trnty.edu chapel.